G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Happy long weekend to all the WA listeners and Sportsby fans out there. I'm back with JLo for a delayed Monday sit down today. On WA Day we sat down and talked everything AFL fantasy once again now that the dreaded buy rounds are upon us. Talked about a pretty big weekend for the WA footy teams as well before dissecting a little bit of the NBA Finals action between the Warriors and Raptors. So without further ado, here is JLo and I on a belated Monday sit-down. Usually this is known as the Sunday sit-down, but for the second time in about three weeks, we're sitting down on a Monday after a long weekend. Happy uh, WA Day, JLo. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty, pretty hungover, mate. Yeah. <laughs> It has been the definition of a long weekend. It sounds weird, but I'm ready to get back into the routine of work. It hasn't felt like I've had a weekend off, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely not. That was I'm feeling very dodgy and sorry for myself. So. Yeah, so apologies if uh, the lack of the Sunday, now Monday sit-down isn't uh, up to usual standard, but we are here with plenty of AFL fantasy and NBA stuff to talk about. Uh, let's kick things off. Before we dive into fantasy, just looking at actual footy, bid weekend for both WA teams. Mm. Uh, yeah. Before the round started, you were kind of hoping that the Eagles could boost their percentage with a big win, which they did over the Doggies, and I was just hoping that we could look competitive against Collingwood and ended up stealing uh, stealing a victory. Let's start with the Eagles. Do you reckon they're back in flag-winning form now? Yeah, I think the, the West Coast machine is starting to, you know, kick Find into full gear. Yeah, I think, I think so. Forward line looked pretty dominant. The midfield is as dominant as any in the league at the moment. Um, and obviously the back line's pretty solid. Looking forward to Brass getting back, but yeah, they just uh, they just cut the dogs apart, really. There's been a lot of talk around Gaffey and Yoey, and everyone's known that Shuey's really good for a long period of time, but yeah, he's almost not taken his game to another level, I want to say, but he's kind of standing out more and seems to be getting more recognition, whereas it's kind of flown under the radar in recent times, I reckon. Very different to, you know, West Coast Eagles midfields of the past. It, like, each of those guys, or each of the midfielders has, like, a very specific role within the mm, within true. that midfield mix. Um, and it seems like they're all dominating at it. You know, like, uh, Yo's the bull, Shuey's the clearance guy, Gaff's the outside runner. Redden's sort of that tackling guy, and you know Hutchings the tagger. It seems like it's working really nicely. Um, so yeah, I was pretty stoked that we got that nice big win, and I thought the dogs might give our midfield a bit of bit of strife, but um, yeah, we were like clearly better, yeah. which is interesting. It was interesting to see as well. What I think Darling finished with six. He's now actually fifth in the Coleman. Yeah, kind of snuck up pretty um, unsuspectingly. JK is sitting sixth as well. So you got. Those two firing, I think it's going to be tough to stop when it comes, you know, the serious end of the competition. Five wins in a row now as they approach their bye. Dockers are on their bye and uh, haven't had as many W's and strung as many successful performances together. Probably but only one less W, actually. Maybe, yeah. I, I, still, I guess I'm still not a hater, that's not the right word, but I'm still just tempering expectations. I'm ready for us to, you know, lose three or four in a row and kind of right. fall out of the finals race. I guess it's... Uh, just past seasons kind of uh, yeah. forcing it into me. But yeah, we beat the Magpies and the Giants on the road now. So that's two pretty huge scalps. 
Yeah, at the G as well. That that was the big thing, I think. Yeah. Um, and Giants up at Spotless or wherever, Giants Stadium, wherever yeah. they play these days. I think we might have even played them in Canberra or something. But yeah, it was oh, yeah. away from Subi, so yeah. Yeah. we haven't been the greatest travelling side. So it's good to see us getting road Ws, that's for sure. Yeah, Alex Pierce going out with a broken ankle is huge. Yeah, so that's that probably going to make a big difference for the back half of your guys' season. But I think the, the difference this year is we've got a healthy Fife thus far. Um, mm. You know, like he hasn't Where is it? Knock on wood. Where is it? Where is it? But um, that's probably made a, a huge difference. Like that engine room, especially with the new zoning rules, is so important. Mm. And if Fife's the best midfielder in the comp, probably uh, top two or three. When it comes to clearances wise, he's right up there. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. So um, yeah, it's awesome to see the Dockers up and running. Like I, uh, I don't know, I didn't watch much of the back half of the game so yeah I'll give you well, we were chopping and changing yeah we were in the Giants game we were cycling between quite a few games on Saturday but yeah we caught the last couple of minutes of it I'll give you credit you were one of the ones who did say you thought that they could push for finals and be a finals team yep uh, one team that is not going to be playing finals is the Carlton Football Club who today have sacked Brett Bolton Brent. Brendan I keep calling him Brett Bolton doesn't really matter now because he's uh, yeah. not going to be uh, circulating through uh, AFL streams yeah, but do you think Think it was the right move by Carlton to sack him at this point in the season? Oh, yeah, I don't know. With the AFL, such a funny one with coach firing. Mm. Um, I guess whatever. I think it was time. I, I don't. There was no reason to keep him around. Um, I think they might as well have just sort of cleaned house as early as possible. It's a shame they don't have their number one draft pick this year. But um, yeah, that is brutal. Yeah, I mean Juddy's going to be staring down the barrel if that turns out to be a number one draft pick, which it's oh. looking like it's going to. Um, so yeah I think they've just got to move on quickly start playing the kids hopefully we get a lot more debutantes uh, for our fantasy sides from yeah. these guys now thanks, absolutely thanks, before we dive into uh, fantasy I've, I've just looked up for the, the stat out of all the coaches in VFL AFL history to coach at least 80 games Brett, Brendan not Brett <laughs> Bolton has uh, the second worst winning percentage wow. of all time. So, wow. who's got the worst? Uh, some bloke who used to coach the university oh, team yeah, back in ni- right. between nineteen ten and nineteen twenty, only won uh, seventeen games. So, yeah, right. yeah um, might be interesting for seventeen games in ten years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah different uh, footy was different back then, but uh, yeah, that does not sound good. Yeah. no matter what way you dice it up. Another thing that did not look good, no matter what way you dice it up, is uh, my fantasy team. No I've slid back a little bit in rank. Nothing too alarming, but after making like four or five weeks of like consecutive jumps in the ranks, I've taken a bit of a tumble to sit back. Well, I don't know, I think I'm 17,000th now, so right. yeah, yeah 2060 high scored, and uh, that can kind of be attributed to me trading in Lockie Whitfield and. Oof. Deploying the uh, Rolls Royce tactic of captaining him on debut, so yeah. he had a nice uh, 146 for me, something like that, 148. Yeah. After the captaincy. Yeah, though. but that's with captaincy yeah. done right. this score. So the midfielders really, really <coughs> let me down, and we've been talking about it probably on the pod as well a couple of times about how you and I have structured our teams different. Mm. I think with my trades this week, I'll be eyeing off a complete forward line and nearly complete back line. But uh, yeah, my midfield is just an absolute mess. Which is a shame, because I've sort of gone the opposite way. Because I, f- I figure you've you got an average of 100 in midfield, where mm. there's only two guaranteed 100s up forward, two yeah. guaranteed f- 100s up back. So I think it's 
Best to get your guaranteed scores in, which, you know, so my midfield hopefully this week will be complete. Um, probably bring Cornelio in after that huge score. Um, yeah, and the, with this buy, the buy rounds and the extra trade, it's going to be, it's a good time to really nail down what you what you want. So. Well, let's let's dive into that. So the buy rounds are here. I think we've discussed again this on multiple pods, but for those that don't know, you get three trades for the next three weeks and your best 18 on-field scores will count. So if you've got 21 blokes playing, then your worst three scores will be taken out of that. Doesn't count if they're on your bench, unless obviously they're emergency for someone on your field, so make sure you make those changes. But how many blokes are you looking at fielding in week one of the uh, I think at this stage it's going to be 20, and if there's a uh, like a good, tasty rookie named, yeah, uh, that'll probably take it to 21. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, that'll allow for three absolute... Just like disgusting scores if I get yeah. to 21. So it is good having a, a little bit of leeway there. You're like, okay, I can, you know, we've got Joshy Corbett and those type of blokes running around. So yeah. hopefully, uh, if one of them just absolutely spuds it up, we won't uh, come onto our field. So, how are you structure wise looking set up for the buys? You're pretty content now that they've arrived? You're ready to go? Uh, pretty much, yep. I've, uh, it's looking like I've got what's that, five, seven? Yep. Yeah, I've got seven players not playing. That's after my trades. Uh, that obviously not including that. Sorry, seven players on the buy. Yeah, I do have a few guys not playing. Um, yeah, the love, bench. Would love a Ruckman to yeah. do or something. Like bench that. rucks are a little bit tricky to pick because they always, you know, very rarely do they play. Which kind of, you know, you say that you've got thirty blokes to kind of yeah. choose your team over yeah. the buy rounds, but it's really twenty-eight. Yeah, that's it. But other other than that, pretty happy. I'm just uh, a bit worried up up forward. A lot of lot of guys sitting out, but. Like you said, as long as you've got the 18 that are playing, it mm. doesn't really matter where they're playing. So, That's true. Um, yep, very content. I'm pretty happy with the fact that, like, I had 27 out of 30 blokes playing last week with Willem Drew and mm. my two bench ruckmen, the only ones that weren't. It's a great so, effort. Yeah, that's something that I've kind of uh, made a point of while the, my team's been struggling away, is I'm like, right, I'm just going to try and nail the rookies that are playing so that I can maximise my jump during these buy rounds. So... Um, at the moment, I'm looking at trading in Dusty this okay. week. Yep. It'll be very, very Cold. tough. Up against... They've got, Col- uh, they got a really good team this week, though, don't they? Uh, Collingwood, maybe? Like, no, Geelong. Look. They're playing Geelong. Ooh, that will be interesting. Yeah, it does... Getting Dusty does come with a bit of risk. I'm I'm not 100% sold on it, but I'm pretty sure, like I said, that would pretty much complete my forward line. Yep. they got the Crows after the Cats as well, which is pretty tough. But I think Dusty's... I don't want to say he's back, but he's playing more midfield time again and he's not he did kick a couple of goals and kind of relied on them to score well this week with Cochin being back but I think he can push his way to being a top six forward at worst yeah I hope so I hope it sticks out uh, comes off for you yeah so I think at this stage it's tough I really don't want to get rid of Billings but I might have to axe him yeah. to get Dusty uh, it would allow if I did that move it would give me heaps more money to play with next round Yeah, but i Am eyeing off the idea of trading out Brian Myers, who's just kind of bleeding a bit of cash now yeah. going down in value. Yeah. So I'm like, well, do I get rid of Myers, who potentially could give me another bloke playing this week, or do I get rid of um, Billings, who is on the buy and I have Myers playing? So yeah, yeah it's, it's a tricky one, but uh, I think at this stage I'm going to be getting rid of him for Dusty. Atkins for Isaac Cumming, giving a little bit of DPP going on there. And then Willem Drew out for Dylan Clark, who... Came in and made his season, week, yeah, not playing this week. Came in and made his season debut against uh, Carlton and monstered Paddy Cripps. Was probably mm. a bit unlucky not to get the rising star nod. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, because I 
part of my thinking behind that was like if I've got Willem Drew, who's also on his buy, next week he probably won't play. And even if he does, like he's probably made enough money now. His break even's around sixty. Yeah. I don't think he's going to force his way back on that side with Rockliffe and then Wines to eventually get back in there. So Clark, hopefully, knock on wood, will hold his spot, but right. uh, no guarantees to do so. But you'd think after what he did to Cripps, he'll. Uh, pretty safe bet yeah, to play around 13. Yeah, he was fantastic. And I think he's been knocking on the door for the last two seasons, mm-hmm. so um, hopefully he does hold his spike. I think I'll probably wait one week on Clark just because I'd rather have the players playing this week. Yeah. I think over the buys, I'm going to lean towards that. I'm gonna lean, my two sort of like rules are have more money in the bank than you need in case something goes crazy wrong next week. Always a good idea. And, and also sort of just have as many players playing. So I think I'll probably bring in... I'm, I'm looking to even maybe bring Liam Baker back in. Oh, okay. Because my thinking there is that he's guaranteed to make me money next week. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're bringing these sort of placeholder guys in, because let's be honest, I'll hold him until he's buying them, never see him again. Yeah, yeah. If I'm bringing these placeholder guys in, I want them to be generating me cash. So at least when I trade them out in a couple of weeks... I've made some money off them and it's sort of helped me get close to these like, premiums idea. that I, I want and need, particularly out forward. So it's a bit uh, fast and loose up there for me. Yeah, I'm holding a lot of money for in my bank for the next couple of weeks is something that I'm very wary of. And I might... Lucky Whitfield's uh, potential injury hiatus, if he does miss any time, could change my moves this week. But I think even if he does miss or it comes out that he's ruled out, at this stage, there's no real report on what... He's done. There's all these rumours going around that he's had surgery and he's out for a month on his collarbone. But, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. There's lots of Twitter rumours going around at this uh, time of round. But, yeah, I think even if he does miss, I'll hold on to him because he didn't lose a hell of a lot of money. He's still about 780 grand. So I can potentially turn him into someone like Canelio, mm. pocket a little bit of extra coin, and then use that to top up someone like Walsh to get merit next week. You know what I mean? If... Whitfield does miss. Yeah, okay, so you, you would keep him even if he misses yeah. this week. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's... Because I don't really want to be trading in another round... Th- I'm pretty heavy in 14, round 14 by guys in my midfield, whereas if I wait another week, then I could get Merritt or Bont or Fife off their buy and load them into my midfield and there's someone playing for the next two weeks. So Yeah, okay. So my thinking's a little bit there, but... Uh, yeah. So team selection will probably throw us curveballs and I'll have to use it. my third trade there as well. Right, yeah, I had the, the Sloan injury, so that's going to force me to make a, a trade in there. I'm I thinking Dusty to come in, which is... Oh, sorry, not Dusty. Uh, Danger. So yeah. I haven't had him all this time, and so it'd be nice to finally nab him. And then there's a, there's my midfield forward link, which I didn't have. I had just pure midfielders across the board. All really? eight spots. So yeah, I've, <laughs> last week I had two defense mids and two forward mids. And after all my chopping and changing around, I've got one of each left now. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I need to... Just keep that in mind. Be careful how I'm asking. does help to have that flexibility during the buys for sure. There was another 23 players who gained another position with the new DPPs added in at the end of the round. So heading into round 12, there's plenty of blokes who have an added status, but there's not really anyone relevant, unfortunately. Jack Zebel gained midfield status, which probably stands out as really the only like fantasy classic mm. relevant one. Uh, you don't have... Noah Bolter in your team, do you? Nah, no, I don't. He's another bloke. He gained ruck status, so that could be handy for people's benches. But I guess so. There's a couple of other names here. Jackson Thurlow, Sam Petrescu-Seaton, Cam Guthrie, Jordan Clark, maybe still floating in a few teams, Bailey Smith, Sam Powell-Pepper, Andrew Brayshaw, Hugh Greenwood. So there's not a lot to talk about DPP-wise, which sucks. So 
Have you, the only link you'll now have is if you get danger this week between lines across your team? Yeah, pretty much. I can always throw Sydney stack down yeah. like guys into the midfield. I can't put guys out of the midfield, gotcha. unfortunately. So it's, it's not ideal, but I didn't really know where I was going to get that midfield defender links other than Whitfield. So mm. I was like, I'm not going to like, like try and find a way to have it. Yep. Um, unless it was a rookie, but that just hasn't quite panned out, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that. Yeah. So very quickly, before we dive into a bit of basketball stuff, you said you're probably going to eye off Dusty, Danger, Cogs, or a, four, a combination of those guys this week. Who do you think is the player that by the end of the buys, you're like, oh, I have to have that dude in my team. Is it one of those blokes or is there someone you're eyeing in the next couple of weeks that you really want to get your hands on? Uh, is this including, including guys coming off buys? Yeah, yeah. So by the time we're hitting into like the buys are behind us, who is the uh, bloke that you think you must have in your team for the run home? I, uh, I'm i really high on Fiorini. Yeah. Um, he's someone who's who I'm just really interested in having in my team, especially because from round 15 on... That's when the um, players of difference start to become a, a yeah. Like, those unique come picks. into play. It doesn't really matter up until this point. I've always said that. Like I, I think it gets a bit overblown the mm. ownership thing because you're never going to have the same combination of players. So it no, that's very true. Until those last rounds when everyone has a full team of all the best players, and then it's like, well, where can I find that that extra two or three points? Yeah, that's going to put me over the edge in that final round. So that's probably when I'll start to make my move. So Fiorini's a guy I'm looking at. Um, but f- for me, it's honestly just filling filling my team up with, like I said, all those the bona fide ultra premium guys and then in the last couple of rounds, flicking it around. Chopping so it around a little I'll, bit. I'll definitely aim to have probably a Frio Docker in. I probably wouldn't mind ringing uh, Mundy off his buy. Yeah. Or Blakely is another guy I'm potentially considering off the uh, rolling a dice on. It's worth pointing out that Mundy had a season low centre bounce attendances this week. Yeah, uh, and is that cause of Blakely? Maybe. And scored 60. I don't know off the top of my head what Blakely's uh, centre bounce numbers were. But like you said, we watched a bit of the game. Didn't tune into all of it. But he was running around and looked decent, I'll say. He scored 98. So. Yeah. Yeah. He had uh, plenty of the footy and got a couple of marks and tackles. So he's someone that's definitely in my sights as well. But yeah. Yeah. I think uh, for me, it's got to be Zach Merritt. He's a one bloke that are next week, hella high water. Even yeah. if I have to chop out Walsh at that point, I've still got Gus Brayshaw who will be on his buy. So even though I'm against trading him out because he's worth so little, I'm like, well, do I want him to be my M7 or 8 or do I want to just get rid of him and get Merritt now yeah, yeah. so I think Merritt's the one and honestly it might have to be Josh Dunkley after getting rid of him yeah. after the first month of the season I might have to swallow my pride and that might be who if I end up getting Billings out I might get a bit fancy and trade Dunkley into my midfield yeah. so then I've got another link there but yeah I'm sure uh, like I said team selection uh, in the next couple of weeks will burn all of our well made plans yeah 100% all right, very quickly, the reason we're recording this on a Monday, not only because it's uh, a long weekend, is because we've had two games in the NBA Finals. Last time we were sitting here, Finals hadn't started, but we were talking about how Toronto shocked the world and made the last dance in the NBA. What are your thoughts on the first couple of games of the 2019 Finals? Yeah, it's sort of held to form. It's pretty much exactly what I expected. I didn't think Golden State were going to win game one, but mm-hmm. I thought they would probably take one of the first two, and they did. Um, it was a shame it came. I was hoping Toronto would take the first two and make this a genuine series. They had the chance to. They really, I think, let an opportunity slip through their fingers today. They 
I think from memory shot like under 30% from three. I was looking at some of the numbers earlier. They just shot badly. Like Golden State went on that stupid like 20 to 0 run when they couldn't score at periods of time. So yeah, they could have gone to the Bay up 2-0, but be very interesting to see uh, which Warriors trot out to the field in game three. Yeah, to, uh, especially like literally personnel, which yeah, yeah. W- who actually turns up because if uh, KD's ru- running around out there, changes the mix, probably makes it, make, definitely makes the Warriors a much more dangerous side, but um, you, there is that whole weird thing with when KD plays, actually play strangely worse. And also, Clay Thompson's hamstrings a big uh, question mark. So imagine if they don't have KD or Clay. Yeah, so they could go into Game Three without both of them, or maybe without Clay and with KD or with both of them. It's really it will like the personnel that's out there could honestly yeah, dictate the game. If they go back to Toronto two all, I think the Raptors be pretty stoked with that. Yeah, if yeah if the Raptors. Well, sorry, go back two all. Yeah, two yeah. all. Yeah, if they can take one in Oracle, that'll be huge. Uh, it's interesting to see what Boogie Cousins does as well because he looked pretty good today, I thought. He did. I uh, did my big finals preview before uh, the game on Friday, before game one, and talked about how his rebounding could be a factor because even though like, he hasn't really looked like the same scoring threat or the same all-star talent since he's been in Golden State, but yeah, he had 10 boards today, which is pretty huge because Golden State seemed to just struggle every now and then on the rebounds. They technically lost the rebound battle today, but... Like, I remember that was a big crucial point in the 2016 series when the Cavs beat him. Thompson just chewed him up on the boards, and it happened a little bit last year at times. So, yeah, Boogie's uh, role and what he plays will be very, very telling. His passing was fantastic as well today, so that's not something to be overlooked. Like, if you've got the, him and Draymond as weapons at the forwards, passing the ball, that uh, makes them a lot more dangerous. He's still a, still a bloody good player. Yeah, yeah especially so. with Curry and Clay and some of their great shooters running around. It's If you can give the ball to Cousins and let them do their work off-ball... That's going to open the game up a lot for more for Golden State. So that'll be interesting to see what Steve Kerr does. Yeah, absolutely. By the time we do next week's episode, we'll probably have games three and four in the books. What do you reckon, if you had to make a pick right now, what will the series ledger be after four games? Uh, I think it might get back to two all. I think yeah. I, I kind of expect Toronto to come out, maybe even this game, and win it. Mm-hmm. Um, because they really had it there. Their defence has been wicked through the first two games. Yeah. They've had a really good... Like game plan going into it. Hats off to Nick Nurse. Like he was running a box and one for a period of time today with Van Vliet just shadowing Curry, and it really did make a difference. I think. Yeah, and you also got to remember today they have some serious foul trouble with Lowry, mm. and uh, who was the other one? I think Serge had three quick. Yeah, it was someone else. I think it might have been Serge as well. So that that will make a difference in their mix. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, Raptors will come out looking strong. They also, like you said earlier, they chewed up Golden State on the. Um, Offensive rebounds. They mm. had twenty second chance points out to zero at one point. I, yeah, I it was late in the game. It. We saw it. So. Yeah, I don't know what it ended up as, but like like you said, that could make a big difference. So I, I kind of think they might actually take game three on the road. Okay, and then I still think Warriors win, but hopefully in seven. Um, be it'd be kind of nice to see the Raptors win it in game seven on their home court because that would just be a wild party yeah for sure a lot of people are saying as well that they want Golden State to win in six because it'll be the last game at Oracle yeah that's obviously they're going to move so yeah, yeah I kind of hope that the Raptors at least get one more I honestly think it'll go 3-1 when the series moves back to Toronto but wouldn't be surprised if the Raps take game five and then Golden State just nicely closes it out at home 
that's all we got for this episode. Thanks once again for sitting down, JLo. We'll be back after games three and four. And, and a big... A, and a Baraka. Big, yeah, big first round of uh, the buyers. Who do you reckon early on you think your captain will be this week? Any idea? Uh, I've sort of had a look at matchups, and this is including the guys I'm bringing in, and it's probably just going to stay sitting on Gaff. Okay. Because um, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Yeah, because like, I don't like the Grundy matchup against Gorn, um, nah. and even, you know, like I'm probably going to bring Cornelio in, so I might be tempted to uh, deploy a Rolls Royce tactic. Um, well, if that's the case, Kelly as well. If that's the, the case, maybe I should uh, just throw it on Dustin Martin. That'd be pretty. Say, that, that would be talk about rolling the dice. Yeah, that's a genuine. No, I don't think I've got enough balls to do that. No, you definitely don't, mate. But <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think it'll probably stay out. Yeah, nice. All right, well, good luck for round eleven, mate. Thanks for sitting down again, and thank you everyone for tuning in to another Monday sit down. That's going to do it for another week. Next week's Sunday sit-down, we'll be back as we discuss our teams after the first buy rounds are behind us and Game 4 of the NBA Finals will be in the books. Good luck with your trades ahead of the first buy rounds this week. Remember, it's probably a smart tactic to be trading blokes in who are coming off their buy, so it's a tricky time for the first round of trades. If you've got any questions or any queries for your AFL Fantasy team or anything else, you can always find me at Sports by Fry on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and any other form of social media. But time for me to go and edit this Monday sit-down and throw it up on the World Wide Web. So thank you for tuning in. Until next time, peace.